Hi, Margit. How are you? Hi. Hi. Um, I'm here with Margit Whitlock of Architectural Concepts Incorporated, and I will read her bio here. Margit E. Whitlock, AIA Lead AP, Principal in Charge of Architecture and Interior Design Architectural Concepts Incorporated, a San Diego, California-based <laughs> design firm. Ms. Whitlock is responsible for creating the concepts that drive the creative process. Her professional experience includes all aspects of architecture design and the building process, including project programming and site analysis, interior design, custom FFE, art programs, construction documents, and construction administration. She is a licensed architect in the states of California, Arizona, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, Florida, and Hawaii. To foster her passion about the built environment and her community, Margit is president of the San Diego Architectural Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit. For the past 27 years, she has focused on resort or, and hospitality design and construction with projects nationally and internationally. Her project list includes hospitality, commercial, retail, restaurants, civic, and timeshare resorts. Ms. Whitlock is an accomplished speaker with engagements at multiple ARDA conventions HD boutique show, as well as being frequently published in magazines such as Developments, Resort Trades, Hotel Business, Hiatus, Vacation Industry Review, and Resort Management and Operations. She received a Bachelor of Architecture degree from the University of Oregon with academic strengths in urban planning and design and extended studies in art history and architecture at the University of Copenhagen, Denmark. Welcome, Margit. Nice. <laughs> Very accomplished. Um, and also a DS student, not a D student, a DS student, <laughs> as, um, as I am and several other people that I have interviewed uh, went to school in Denmark and a wonderful program that they have there. Um, where Did you live with a Danish family? I did, and then I moved over to the dorms because it was they lived so far away from town, so I ended up going to the dorms which was really fun too. I had my own room and a communal kitchen. Met a lot of Americans, you know, because they were housed in that one area too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, traveled around Europe, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely traveled. I traveled probably for a good three, four months uh, before and after school. Mm -hmm. Which probably led to your love of hospitality and <laughs> something that we're missing right now during uh, COVID and work from home. So, how has that affected your industry and the, hospita the hospitality industry? The hospitality industry is in a world of hurt, honestly. I mean, uh, a lot of our projects have been put on hold. They're contemplating renovations, but they're really their cash flow has just been burned. So. I think it'll give it another couple of months and people kind of get over this and the things start opening back up and then they'll, they'll kind of resume where they were. Even the large construction projects will take three years to realize they're on hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I know I want to get traveling. I don't care where I go, but I love hotels. I'm not a big fan of Airbnbs. I do not like it. I'm, I'm probably one of the few, the few architects that's not crazy about Airbnbs. I'm just like, I don't want to go to anybody else's house. Like I could stay in my own crappy house if I wanted to. I want to go to a hotel room that has new furniture in it, new things. I don't want to be in somebody else's else's room I don't I don't want to get to know the people at the hotel I don't I just <laughs> I don't want to have to meet people outside or be in a neighborhood you know they used to Airbnb the place next door to us and I'm like I feel so sorry for those Airbnb guests because I would if I was an Airbnb guest and showed up at the, at the place next door to our house I would be disappointed <laughs> I had to get out of the dodge, so my boyfriend and I went and stayed in the hotel for the weekend and basically just shut the blinds. <laughs> we turned off our cell phones, we just like forget it. We're just hanging out. We went to the pool and pussed around and we went out for an outdoor dinner and mm -hmm. I brought a bunch of we just had a little bit get out of dodge. No, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I did with the with going to the compound in Arizona. You know, I mean, it's our friend's place, and it was just he and I. And, and you know, there's like three Quonset huts in the place. And but you know, it's like I just I just needed to get away. Of course, it took me you know 
I was gone for what 48 hours and it took me 18 hours to drive there back. <laughs> so it wasn't much of a vacation, but it was still, you know, to get away. I mean, because I, yeah, I mean, that part just kind of drives me crazy. And I, you know, I do really, I do really like to travel. And, you know, it's like I, I like to stay in hotels. <laughs> I love hotels. <laughs> yeah. out. Love them. Love traveling. Seeing new places. Yeah. But of course, I used to even like traveling to up to Sacramento to help write the architecture exam and just stay in the one place up there that's just, you know, the, um, it's one of the extended living places. And, you know, I just felt like I had a little apartment that was like, you know, and, and at first, you know, at first I never would, you know, I didn't want people in my room to clean up or whatever. Now, you know, I'm like, clean up clean everything you know make the bed I mean I'm like totally happy just to have somebody else make my bed <laughs> that's like totally get it yeah right uh so um so what else what else anything in the future works or how do you think that it's going to affect the hospitality and just as far I mean is there any special cleaning do you think or anything they do they, they're already they're already there's special services that come in and clean the touchless, uh, contactless uh, agenda for all kinds of things from the concierge to the maid service to the room mm -hmm. service, to picking up and grab and go food and hanging out by the bar, mm -hmm. um, pulling furniture out of the lobby so that there's more space between people, um, rearranging meeting spaces, even though they're, they're hopeful that they'll get some meeting space, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. coming back. Um, I, you know, what I've really enjoyed, uh, is this resurgence of parklets, like just go down to little, yeah. little or, you know, gas lamp or any little, little corner where you got people have got little parklets going on and everybody's eating outside and it's very, oh, old town is adorable. I mean, it's just like festive and they got wine barrels and all kinds of things, lighting. And of course it's all like, who knows who put it up that, you know, just like sandbags and extension cords. <laughs> You know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, somebody is going to get hurt. But, you know, at least the city's like, you know, letting them run and go outside. And, and it's, uh, was, it was really a, a nice treat to be able to hang out in the parklet. So I hope they stay. I think that might be one of those things that actually stays. And maybe it's like a summer thing, you know. Well, there, the are summer. Some, there are some inside. I mean, there's one um, in North Park. There's been like, in, um, you know, along Park Boulevard, there's been a bunch of, um, uh well, there's yeah 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 and then but this yeah. this new surgeons that people taking over parking lots and their parking lot and you know their back doors you know whatever it's just it's yeah cute. yeah, yeah. In san diego and the weather is awesome and we can do that so you know i yeah. want to be in again and have a parklet going on you know here in another i miss too. i miss like going to a pool i mean i'm just i mean yeah. i've never wanted a pool more than now and i you know it's like you can't you can't go them and then i was thinking oh what about ocean swimming but then there's all these tourists that are there without masks and, uh, there's, there's so a like, lot of people yeah. at the beach yeah no. i know we yeah. you know it's really nice yeah. um they have taco tuesdays at the del coronado and they do it on the beach oh okay walk you don't even have to get through the hotel you just kind of walk along the boardwalk and then yeah. they've got their yeah. bar and their outdoor food service and everybody's sitting in picnic tables in the sand and it's really cute okay it made a really nice it made for a nice night that was like i think my first time i actually went out to dinner yeah 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 you know, yeah and at that at a table i had friends in from arizona who were here to visit so we together with so it was nice so things are loosening up you'll mm -hmm. come back yeah you'll come back yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hotel Dell's nice. I have, I mean, I have a couple projects down in Coronado, so I will, you know, I'll take people, if they're in town, I'll take them, you know, buy the projects, and then I'll, like, take them, you know, around the Hotel Dell, of course, you know. Of course, it's always, you know. Yeah, and they just, they just finished their pool expansion, their pool deck. I think it's now back up and open and with the bar up there, so um, definitely worth a, uh, uh -huh. a visit. Yeah. Um, okay, so what are your first recollections of experiencing architecture? You're probably going to laugh, but I'm going to say the Jetsons. The Jetsons? That's classic. <laughs> 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 In fact, I, I, 
We were just, we were just at um, one of my, uh, I'm doing this new house for this couple, but uh, the, the, the person who, um, the person who sold the property to them, it, they basically did a lot split. And so their house was um, owned and built by an architect that's, you know, like here in, in town. Um, and, you know, it's, so it's kind of like this mid-century modern. And then he did a tiki bar, like the guy who bought it did a tiki bar. And so he had like this little, um, uh, what was the little boy's name? Junior? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So we had him in his little spaceship and he had it like sitting there and I was laughing and I was like, oh, the Jetsons. But then I said to my client's daughter, right, who's like 25, I said, I said, oh, I said, do you even know, do you even know what that is? And she was like, she was like, no, I don't know. That at all. You know, and then I was like asking the one, the one guy who owns the house. I said, do you even know? Because I didn't know how old he was. But he's like, no, I'm older than you. I'm like, oh, okay. Then <laughs> you know the Jetsons. So what did you, yeah. what did you like about it? I was just so fascinated by these um, pod houses that sat, stood on, you know, up in the sky on their towers. Yeah. And around in a little airplane car and, and, all, and all the little roads and then the little buildings and everything. The whole thing was just fascinating to me. And I was, you know, Jetsons came out like early 60s. So I was yeah. a toddler. Yeah. And that was, you know, that and the Flintstone. I swear, you know, because I, I love cartoons. I mean, I just seriously love cartoons. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll watch cartoons. <laughs> I just love cartoons, and um, so the Flintstones was another one. Trouble houses, you know, little. The, oh little, yeah, little, oh yeah. I never, I never understand how they could live, and it was just fascinating to me that they lived in a rock house with rock furniture, with stone this and stone tables and stone chairs and stone headboards, and it's like, how did they do that? You know. But anyway, I uh, yeah, the Jetsons. I would say I love the furniture, the art, the whole funkiness of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Whole things just yeah. like it, it's. It's just so yeah. killer. The kitchen. Oh, yeah, all of it. The 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 the, the robot, the brown, you know, cocktails and yeah. you know, the whole thing was a lifestyle that I wanted to live. <laughs> I know. I always thought because you know it's like that was supposed to be the future. So when we were little, we thought, oh, okay, the future is going to be that. And of course, you know, like you're right, you're in architecture school. You don't, you know, maybe you do something like that, but you like look out and it's like, oh, okay, it's a tract house that looks like it's, you know super traditional right? it's like, everything's changed right we've got cars that are like you know space age we've got technology like these phones and things right we have everything in this, you know, this phone yeah yeah but the houses are still you know they still want a traditional house but oh well you know you yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you can convince the clients to do it right? I'm doing some spec homes right now and they're pretty like transitional, like they're not, you know, very, they're, they're not space age at all. So maybe be, you know, contributing. <laughs> Never know. Send them some Jetson videos. <laughs> I know, I do. I do. Design like ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one of the other projects is going to be a little bit, it's going to be more modern. One of the other houses I'm doing, so that's, that's fine. Um, so, uh, and, and um, uh, were your parents architects or? No, actually, but my mom and dad really loved to remodel. So I, you know, learned to paint and refinish furniture and they were constantly remodeling and um, doing neat things. My mom had an impeccable taste and she would do really cool things with color and materials and uh -huh. find cubbies and niches and just things to do stuff in and, um, yeah, so we would remodel homes. And so I never lived in a typical home. We always okay. lived in some old funky thing the mom had to fix up, uh -huh. you know, and always in old funky neighborhoods. And so I never lived in a track. I never lived in, in my whole life. I've never uh -huh. lived in a house that looked like somebody else's. Yeah, so yeah. That probably was a big influence too, that um, always making things, you know. Yes. Always, there was always something to make, whether we're making a fort or, you know, or cooking or sewing or doing something in the garden we we're always making things and so yes. i think that uh one time in toastmasters you had to give a speech about who you are and my speech was i am a maker and like it's always kind of you know subtle that it was interesting if you have to do some self-exploration like i am a maker i make stuff you know i like to make stuff so mm -hmm. yeah so architecture definitely fits into that making things yes definitely yeah um, so what are three classic buildings that you like and why? 
Um, that was a good one, but that was a good question because um, I really went back to um, simple geometry, the things okay. that attract, what I'm attracted to, line work or circle. Circle is my very favorite symbol. I mean, I draw, I doodle in circles when I'm like, just, you know, I have, I have polka dotted everything. I mean, I love circles. And so probably the Guggenheim Museum in uh, New York City is probably one of my very favorite buildings. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. an extraordinary building to view from the exterior and to experience from the interior and to go through the circular gallery and then to sit in the atrium space and look up at that amazing skylight. You're just going in. Um, and it's just, it's timeless. It's just mm -hmm. timeless. Time would be my number one. Um, the number two is the Trans-American Building in San Francisco. I just love that pyramid. I just, I just, I just love that building. And uh, it's always how it just sticks out in the skyline and it's so recognizable and it's very much the symbol of you know reaching out to the sky yeah yeah, yeah. And then my question was oh you know what i love horton plaza <laughs> so like they could be tied if they tear that thing down i know just, what i was gonna say are they gonna tear it down well, they've got they have development proposals to tear it down or repurpose it to out the whole interior courtyard and make housing and offices and other stuff, which I see. I see, you know, I see the future here in of retail. But Horton Plaza is a pleasure to get lost in, you know. And I used to be able to go there and I had my perfect parking spot exactly where I needed to go. And I would you know, mm -hmm. over the down the bridge and over there and over there. And people get totally frustrated and lost in Horton Plaza. And I thought it was a delight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the colors and materials of postmodern. I just think it's a treasure. I was I was hoping that the city would risk keep it as some kind of landmark. It's only thirty one years old. I mean, it's not old. It's oh not, no, it is. Yeah, it is an old. 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 When did they build it? In like 80, 88, 89 or something? It, it just had its thirty year anniversary at the foundation. We were going to do something about it. Huh. Have like a, um, a like a panel discussion about the future of Horton Plaza. And we never yeah. got it, but. Um, but yeah, it just, it's like last year or so it had a 30, 30 year birthday. It's kind of a shame, you know, it's so eternal. It's so you have to get in there and experience it and kind of get lost. And Yeah. Well, I mean, but, one uh, of the things about it is, right, it's all, I mean, it's all open. So you would think that like with this whole pandemic thing that, you know, and how the open malls are allowed to be open. And I mean, that's, it's totally open, you know, I mean, all of the, atrium and center with the walkways and you know it's like you can easily you know move people yeah, around there's, only like, there's only like one way in and one way out from the public pedestrian way mm -hmm. you know at the end of the tunnel there um if there was a way to bring more pedestrian life to it like creating some connectors from fourth and third and yeah but it's just all parking garage that thing is just banked in parking garage so it's not, that's hard you know, to kind of get through the parking garage to get to the center of Horton Plaza, but um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm watching the development of what goes on there for sure. Yeah, and one of the guys that I went to architecture school with, who was actually over in Europe with, um, he was in the Italian program and I was in the Danish program, um, Duncan Patterson, who works for Gensler in LA now doing um, mixed use. I think he's head of the mixed use department, but um, he did the renderings for that, like when he was in school. He worked for John Jarity, like the he did. Yes, he worked for John Jarity when he was in school and did that. So I can remember one of my friends and I were down at the, you know, kind of like the um, presentation, uh, not the present, the the exhibit that they had downstairs in the um, in the theater there, and then mm -hmm. they had all of the drawings and you know the renderings that they were going to have at the um you know to build the mall and you know my friend right, was right. saying my friend like went to architecture school with us and I you know and she said like Duncan Patterson like is that the Duncan Patterson that like we went to that we go to school with and I'm like yeah I think it is and it was he just done it while he was in school you know and now I mean he's worked at like several he worked he did work for John Jarity for a long time and he actually he worked for Snowheda too in in France. Well, like after he went for his fifth year. Yeah, he went for his fifth year of school. And then you know, when we were in Venice, we used to run into each other at the at the Versatella machine off there, off of the 
traffic circle. <laughs> so I'd be there with my stroller. He'd be there with his bike because he was like biking all over the place. And, you know, and Jerry's office was like right there on the boardwalk. So they were just, you know, they would come down there to get stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's Hershey Plaza is a, you know, it's a great one. Um, the Transamerica building, that's really funny because I think for every architecture student that was, that was in school during, you know, kind of our time in the 80s, you know, it's like the Transamerica building was like, yeah, absolutely. Like you went to San Francisco and, you know, I mean, one of the first times that I went to San Francisco because I grew up in Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's, um, I didn't go to San Francisco until, uh, until I was in architecture school in the 80s. So that was like one of the things, the Trans-American building. And then what is the one hotel that's in uh, Little Tokyo? Or not Little, is it Little Tokyo? That's new? new no, 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 it's older. It's a hotel. The Saint, not St. Saint Francis. No, no. no, it's in, um, isn't there a, in one area there? I forget. And it's, it's also kind of pyramid shaped as far as the hotel is. But, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'll I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> and the Guggenheim, I had never seen the Guggenheim until I went to the AIA conference um, a couple years ago in New York, and I went and I went the last the last day, like right before, yeah, right before I was gonna fly out. I went to the Guggenheim and I was just, I was, I was kind of laughing and I saw Marilyn Modinger there too. And, um, and, uh, Jack, uh, Barnes. Anyway, they had, they'd been at the conference. But I was like, you know what, why, why do people are always criticizing the Guggenheim? You know, it's like, oh, it's not, you know, when they, yeah, when they criticize Frank Lloyd Wright, they're, oh, it's not about, you know, it's not about it being a, um, you know, a place for art. It's about being a place for, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a testament to himself. You know, it's not really, you know, good about the, you know, as far as like, you know, looking at art and more about. Oh, I don't know about that. When you, I, you, the circular, I, the circular journey drives you down, you know, and it's, that's the same way they set up the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The same way. And that is an yeah. experience. Like yes, no, that there. is. I went with my daughter in the eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. That, that's take that's you all the way to the top, and you walk. You walk the whole the whole journey. Yeah. You know, um. So you don't you don't miss a thing. No, no. I was surprised. You have to go in the whaling wall. You have to go in that whaling room and go cry your eyes out because the whole thing is way too too powerful. Oh yeah, it's totally intense. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised because the eighth graders were going. I was like, oh my gosh, are you sure that you guys can like watch all this? But they had learned about it in school. But I mean, some no, of them. but that was, was like, pretty graphic. Super. Yes. Very. Uh, yeah. Very intense. And, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like a lot of them. You know, went through like the whole thing. Went through the you know, and saw everything. I mean, I had to kind of walk, I mean, I, you know, I experienced things very intensely. <laughs> so it's like, I had to yeah. read everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to yeah. visualize and read everything. So, yes. Yeah. 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 We're very much uh, visual. visual mm -hmm. That's how I learn. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you like about being an architect? I think the the thing about architecture is it touches so many disciplines. And for me, I like solving problems. And mm -hmm. so architecture is a problem to be solved. So when a client comes or there's an opportunity to uh, take a look at what the, the needs and wants and goals of the project are, it's a series of solving problems. And then you get into all the different disciplines of materials and systems and technology and um, environment, sustainability. You know, there, I don't think there's another profession that has that many complicated components. You know, I mean, law, medicine is pretty difficult, but I mean, you just really have to know a lot about a lot of things. Um, anthropology, you know, the yeah. study of the, uh, you know, how we have corrosive materials, and I mean, yes. this goes on and on and on. And, there can't be enough learning units in the in the universe to try to educate us to the point where we will be. So, you know, I've always just been focusing a lot more on design. Um, mm -hmm. Not a real production type person um, because I would just screw it up. 
Um, I just and so I rely on smarter people than me <laughs> to do the production and and uh, the technical part of architecture. But for me, it's the experience. It's the it's the human the humanness of it all and um, getting to the the end result, hopefully positive and successful and um, enriching. You know, somehow you've got to make spaces that are enriching and, and invite people to think or feel mm -hmm. or whatever that emotion is that is wanting to be evoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we can't do everything, right? I mean, especially when we get to be the, the age that, you know, that we are with our own firms, you know, it's like we really need to, um, delegate i mean I, you know i'm having people draft some stuff for me now even though it's kind of driving me crazy but it, <laughs> as a sole proprietor well, yeah, yeah i mean you should do the best in business you know mm -hmm. you do what you do best and then you find the people who are like i said smarter than you to do the other parts and you surround yourself with a team of professionals and and that's how you get these you know larger more complicated jobs completed. yeah you know, yeah right? No yeah. way one person can know everything unless, um, even on a small project. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're always, I mean, I always, I kind of say, you know, it's like clients will say, oh, well, do you know such and such? And I'm like, what, what is that? And it'll be like a color <laughs> of marble. It'll be a color of marble at some, you know, supply place that, at that particular, I'm like, no, we don't know every single color of every, if you told me, it was a marble slab. I'd be like, okay, that's that's fine. It's marble, right? <laughs> it's a marble slab. Right. I know what Korea yeah. is. I know where it is. Yeah. 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 So many, yeah. And, you know, and every single, you know, Caesar stone or every other, you know, I'm like, that stuff changes. I said, that stuff changes like every, you know, every year or two. I mean, we went to the, the uh, Sherwin-Williams color mix oh yeah. yeah yeah you know we were sitting next to each other and you you were you know or, or were you ever you know have you ever been to one and I said I said oh no I haven't been to one but I you know we actually picked one of the colors from that it was uh Sherwin Williams grayish and then it's funny because I didn't even pick the colors for one of my clients uh they were doing it and they picked the color and then I walked in and I'm like oh is this is this Sherwin Williams grayish and they were like yeah it is <laughs> yeah. No, I always enjoy color, the color theory, and the World Organization of Color, and their and their um, predictions for the year, and how they tie it back to some place, you know, like Madagascar. And mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always love those stories and how they come up with it. But uh, I am so glad we are out of the total black. Okay. <laughs> I'm, yeah even gray I mean I know I gray but you know my kid is like you're graying up our life that's what he told me it's oh I, I, I every architect owns about nine pairs of black pants or jackets or black everything oh absolutely all of them yeah I do have like you know two, I have two navy blue suits <laughs> I bought a red one all the rest. what um, what, was that? what? you know like color um if you look at where society is at and headed, you can see the color trends and the texture trends, and you can see how society is feeling. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So when we were in those, very, in those recession days and everything was black and or a shade of black, yeah, or shade yeah. Of black, you know, it wasn't a spick of beautiful blue or green in it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think in this last, you know five years you can really see that the color palette has started to change and now you're seeing almost those 80s seafoam green oh yeah no 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 i know i know yeah with peach. the mint green. coming back yeah peach is like hot peach, peach, peach. rose hot and i'm like oh my I god seafoam green and peach it's, i you know, know. like yeah teal and peach and i'm like oh my god it's the 80s again yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a happy yeah. time. So oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This COVID, get over it and get back into happy times. Bring back scrunchies. <laughs> yeah. All I do is have my hair in a ponytail. I mean, I, I don't even know the last time was I curled my hair. My hair is like down to my butt practically, and I just stick it in the ponytail. Yeah. I it. Margie, I cut mine. I just cut it. I mean, I like cut. I like cut like I was gonna not, and then before I went to Arizona, I just like cut it. 
you know, I probably cut three to four inches off. Three to four inches. It's still like. It's, it's still how long it is, I know. Oh, well. I, know. And I mean, I don't color, so luckily I don't have to deal with that. But yeah, but yeah, I totally did cut it. Because I actually have a friend that cuts my hair. I don't even, I don't even go to like a salon. She just, I mean, she cuts her own hair. She doesn't know how to cut hair. And she just, she just does it. And she knows my hair and just cuts it. So you know, but this time I just had to, I just had to cut it. It's, it's, you know, you wave. Do you wave in your hair naturally? A little bit. Okay. Little bit. Yeah. yeah. Wave, it doesn't really, yeah. It doesn't really matter that you, it covers up a lot of this. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why, uh, so there was the fellowship question that I typically ask people, and then I'll, I'll kind of give you the option of whether you kind of want to, you know, talk about fellowship or just totally skip it, or do you want to oh, say anything uh, about it? Or uh, I was nominated to be a fellow, um, I think I was in my early 40s, and I was one of the youngest nominated uh, candidates at that um for the chapter and a woman so it was kind of it was a it was an honor to be nominated mm -hmm. and I went after it for like three years straight and I just gave up because you know I I wasn't 60 at that point you know so I guess wow. I don't know my experience wasn't deep enough I was already 20 years strong in the AIA yeah donated lots of times at Habitat for Humanity and and network of executive women in hospitality. I mean, you know, my volunteer strength has always been huge. Yes. But I guess I just yeah. didn't get there. So yeah. I just kind of gave up. They nominated me again this last couple of years and I just it just it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need an F. I can put an F in front of my name any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really don't want to get F. Breaking my dilemma. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I mean, because you have to be in it, right, for 10 consecutive years, which I only rejoined the AIA for like three or four years ago. So it's like, I that would mean like six years from now, which at that point, I don't know whether I'll... It was very interesting. I, yeah. I hired, um, you know, a writer and put my whole life portfolio together and pictures and everything. It was expensive to do. Mm -hmm. um exercise that's for sure to kind of get your portfolio together but anyway congratulations to any fellow that makes it you know, really which which uh topic did you choose then my volunteer volunteer I mean my category submitted yeah volunteer yes okay I've, i have spent almost 20 years at the aia level at that time everywhere at almost all positions except for president mm -hmm. and plus other, other things that I do for my community um, that are related to design and, yeah. and architecture. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you're, and you're president of the San Diego Architectural Foundation, which is kind right. of, right. Yeah. So, I don't know how we get on the board. How, how do we yeah. describe, yeah. How do we describe the San Diego Architectural Foundation? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a fun organization. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, its mission is not about the industry and each other. It's, our mission is to educate the greater region of San Diego about the positives of good design mm -hmm. and to be engaged in your life. You don't have to be an architect to be engaged in architecture or environmental design or have a say in what's going on in your community and your neighborhood. So really our, our mission is to facilitate the conversation like mm -hmm. when something we just facilitate the conversation. We have great programs like Orchids and Onions and Pecha Kucha Nights and lectures and tours and fun things and cross. And I miss I miss Pecha Kucha. I know this <laughs> is one of those things. It's just it's you get everywhere from well we always have it at bars. So it's like twenty one to eighty one <laughs> show up. I mean they'd be like the old guard and the new guard and they're all drinking beer and hanging out and having a good time and talking about you know things in the world and yeah it's always a fun time it's always a fun time oh yeah yeah it's free it's accessible so yeah uh -huh. it's you know that's what's nice about it too yeah and architectians is going to be virtual this year obviously and that's on october 1st and we got 101 nominations which i was really surprised considering oh you know, wow 101 we're going we guys like average around 100 we've had uh -huh. up to 100 we've had up to 140 in the past 
But so 101 was a good number and manageable. And uh, we are uh, partnering with NOMA, the National oh, Organization okay. of yeah. Architects. With Michael. Yep, Michael just became San Diego chapter lead. Yes. I guess president of that board. And yeah. we are going to do a, a scholarship fundraiser during mm -hmm. O&O to help fund NOMA's San Diego chapter scholarship program. So that's, yeah. that's great. That's kind of a neat thing. So we're really looking forward to having more opportunities to uh, share and uh, work with NOMA and uh, get a little more diversity. You know, architecture is not a very diverse. No, that, you know, no. I mean, and see, it's kind of funny because I was asked by someone to uh, to give them someone to um, to have as the chapter of you know chapter president, and I recommended um, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought, you know, like he and his wife, you know, I mean, that they're just so, you know, they're so great and involved in everything. And, you know, I thought that they were, I'm really glad that he was able to, you know, to step up and do that. So that's really nice. Yeah. I need to have a chat with us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, of course, he's also head of membership. So I don't know whether he's going to leave the membership at the AIA in order to go to, yeah, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see who does membership now. Um, so what would you like to say about the future of architecture? Um, there's always a need for architecture. Always. Um, you know, it's a, ba it's a basic need called shelter. And whether that's sheltering yes. a home, a place of worship or education, or whatever, the shelter, the place in which we gather or mm. live or yeah. under is architecture. And so um, there's always, there's no, the future of architecture is kind of a, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I think we have to learn to be more technologically advanced. We have to be more sustainable. So, you know, thinking about the future of our built environment, it's going to need to uh, use products and materials and systems and technology to create a healthier world that we live in and mm -hmm. shelter with. And that's that's uh that's coming around, you know, uh, you know, not not just because of USGBC or the or the the green initiatives, but a lot of manufacturers are really embracing the um, products that have a low carbon footprint, a low VOC. Um, recycled content, um, innovative, innovative ways of taking their manufacturing process and making it less pollutant uh, and waste. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always interested in any rep that comes in and gives me a great story about what, what they've done with their product to make it more sustainable. Yeah. And, and how can we use it and, and in an application? I'm always, I'm always thrilled with those. So, you know, the future of architecture, you know, maybe the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used, um, on our edition, oh, we used uh, Sher Sherlyn Williams' um, Harmony, which is that, you know, and I was like, wow, it's amazing. You know, it doesn't smell. I mean, like, I have no idea. You know, I don't know why it doesn't smell. Do you know why it doesn't smell? Why the paint doesn't well, smell? Well, it's, it's um, in California, because of the environmental laws in California, you don't have the oils. Okay, so it's a water-based, all water-based paints, and so uh, they don't—they don't last as well. They don't scrub up as well as oil-based paint. It's kind of nice, but um, yeah. So they're—they're they're taking these um, contaminated solvent type uh, products and trying to be uh, more—I don't know if natural is the right word—but you know, be, combining these products that can give the same result without having them to be full of contaminants and petroleum and other things. That yeah. Yeah. Well, it works. I mean, it was amazing because I think that the uh, USGBC, I think it's what, three weeks for like lead. Don't they say it's like you have to paint something and then wait three weeks before you inhabit it for it to be. Well, if you were uh, doing, you know, same thing with carpet fiber. Carpet oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's also part of that recycling process. They use a lot of stuff in the recycling process to make it come back to life and there's a lot of bad environmental practices on it. Yeah. If it, yeah. If it takes that much energy and that much goo to make something new, I mean, I don't know what we do with it. Yeah. But I, 
I'm always intrigued by people who can take these, you know, plastic bottles and make bricks out of them, you know, like chop them up and re-grind them and, you know, remix them with some kind of chip and then they've got a brick. And so, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are always cool articles I like to read. Yeah, yeah. At a Silomar, I didn't do it when, when we were up there for the Monterey Design Conference, but, um, because I, well, you know, I didn't even go into the gift shop at the time, but anyway, when we were in there several years ago, uh, when we went as a family with the kids, they had the, um, made out of corn or something for like mugs mm -hmm. it's the it's kind of the plot I mean it's not plastic but it's like they make mm -hmm. a resin out of the corn the only thing that you can't do is stick it in the dishwasher because it'll melt in the dishwasher but it, it but that was like that was like amazing like I was just like wow like you can you know you can make this totally out of like a byproduct and you know it's not a plastic that you're making it's it's you know it's a um a, uh, you know, natural material that's gonna, you know, that's gonna make the cup, it's actually something in the gift shop that is made some, you know, from, that is a good product, right? That, you know. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of ingenuity uh, and a lot of people, really smart people are, are working on really interesting projects that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember they had those things with the almond, uh, the almond meal. The almond husks were you there for the one and for the Monterey Design Conference. The landscape architects that made all of this stuff out of uh, almond husks. They were landscape architects, but they decided that are right there in Carmel. They did the oh, landscaping wow. for the roof of the science center in oh, Expedition Park. Yeah. 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 Oh. I always love him. It's always one of my favorite things to do every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to meet there again because <laughs> it's every other year, right? We've every other year. So be, I think we'll be fine in 2021, right? Did we go this? No, wait. We went last 2020. Year. Well, when did we do yeah, yeah, October of 2019. So yeah, it'll be yeah. October of 2021. Yeah. I thought we'd be able to go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I hope I hope. That what? That what? I hope, I hope, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you can just send yourself up as a, you know, you can just, you, I mean, you have to, that was my first time going, but I, I mean, I'm definitely going to go again if I can. So. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, I love a Silomar. I mean, that I just love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the speakers. I love all the, the you know, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I well, mean, the speakers. Just, yeah. The speakers. Doing, just, it's just yeah. enlightening. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to hang out with you guys. I yeah, our little coalition. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Women architect time. <laughs> it was. That one was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was there anything else that you want to say? Um, the last thing I just kind of like, you know, push forward is that we need more and more people to be active in this evolution of our cities and our neighborhoods. And so, you know, I would encourage anybody to you know, reach out, get out, speak, be involved, join a community group, you know, do what you're doing, blogging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's, keep, let's keep the conversation going as far as our, uh, you know, our world, our cities, our neighborhoods, and how we want to live in the future. Um, just, it's all positive. It's just, we, I just want to engage more and more people so that they, they feel present in yeah. that conversation. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that people, you know, and, and have it not be an art, like this person from one of the homeless coalitions got into it with me on a, you know, on a Facebook thing the other day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're on the same page here. Like, can we just get along? <laughs> like, just We might have different ideas, but I think we all want to, you know, I mean, of course we want housing for everyone. You know, I mean, that's not, I don't think that that's, you know, a negotiable thing. I mean, most of us. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we just have to watch the way that we, you know, the way that we kind of bring it together. You know, I mean, I would rather see more integrative things rather than like, you know, putting a lot of architecture out there that's just for one, you know, that's one type of housing for, 
people that are, you know, it's like, I think that, you know, there's so much that goes into, you know, the problem of homelessness, you know, and that, that a lot of times we need to have housing, but we also need to have supportive services for that. And putting you know, a thousand people in one area that are all having some of the same difficulties probably is not the best. We're, you know, you know, it's like, we don't, you know, we don't have these big housing blocks because they went up in the 60s and we see that, you know, most of them were a big failure, you know, I mean, right. Yeah, it was a big failure. Yeah. And then a lot of big them, are projects yes, yeah. exactly. It was down. a social experiment that went all wrong. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and so how do we do that? When we have a, ma a mass amount of people and a shortage of land. We have to go vertical. Or how do we create, you know, spread it out like salt and peppers, you know, sprinkle it out. Yes. You know, that takes a lot of vision and time and thought. And everybody wants an immediate fix. Like, get the homeless off the street tomorrow. Where are you going to put them? The convention centers. You know, yeah, like, convention put them in the convention center. center. Great. Who doesn't live in a convention center? But I guess for a very situation, as far as health, the health, you know, health and well-being of, of these people, getting them yeah. off the street. And then yeah. them some and some showers and clean some place to sleep. Great, but what happens next? Exactly. Yes. And so where and how do they? Yeah. yeah. Where do they do they integrate into society? Do they become functioning and um, you know financially supportive in this mm -hmm. society? Mm -hmm. Are we always going to take care of them? I mean, it's a it's a complicated conversation. Yeah. Like everybody has good, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know who's got the right solution, honestly. I just I know. I, I mean, I think it's a bunch of different solutions. I mean, I don't, you know, it's like I would like to see more um, private partnerships go forward and do a lot of things that have, you know, that have housing for people that are most, um, you know, are most at risk population. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also uh, be able to have, and I'm sure that there, you know, that there are you know, there's got to be somebody out there, you know, it's like, I know that, you know, oh, the developers, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, developers have money. I mean, that's the thing with developers, you know, it's like. And they want to make more of it. So, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, you know, doing it for free is not their game, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it, you know, you have to make new capitalism. So you have to just make it work financially. Yeah. Um, and and I think uh, public-private partnerships are a great, probably the one way it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and I told people like, well, right now we're at six hundred dollars a square foot for it, and how you know for people, <laughs> right? so like, people, people don't believe you. Yeah, they think you're out of your friggin' mind. Yeah, and they're like, like well, five hundred dollars a square foot to do your TI. He goes, you're out of your mind. <laughs> You know, I'll do it, but he goes, I'll do it myself. Like, hey. Yeah, yeah, let's go right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. Don't call me when it's all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know it's the same. They're, oh, I can do this. You know, but it's like, you know what? You're paying people to do things because that's what they're worth is. You know, it's like, you're not going to like, I mean, you think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't understand why it's that, you know, we can do it for less. And, you know, because we'll be our own, you know, we'll do it ourselves, you know, and I said, well, that's really only, you're only going to save, like, how much do you think you're, you know, I mean, how much, do you, you know, right, it's like, I did my tile, I still had to buy the tile, you know, I did the flooring, I still had to buy the flooring, you know, it's the materials are going to go up, you know, it's like trying to, to negotiate with some of these materials companies for how much, like, I doubt it, they're going to do it, you can maybe use cheaper materials, but, you know. It's like you can only use, you know, you can only do, I mean, you have to have something that's going to be able to, you know, right? Yep. Okay, well, we can't solve all the world's problems, but we can right, solve right. some of them now. <laughs> right. only, only a few. Yeah, only a few. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. And I'll put a link to your um, website and you can show us some of your great hotels and uh, what your, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, what, so what, what is your favorite hotel? Uh, you know, one I've, I've always, one type that I've always wanted to go to uh -huh. are the floating cabanas out there like in Thailand and, 
you know, we just go out on a bridge and there then there's a hut in the huh? water. I want I really want to do one of those. Totally. And just check out. And just check out. <laughs> and have room service. I need that really cute waiter to like walk, running down the you know the boardwalk bringing me my Mai Tais. Uh, I always love because my parents my parents went to Tahiti and my and my mother, you, you see her in all the photographs and she looks like she's really happy. And then she's like, oh, that was the worst, that was the worst vacation I ever went because of the mosquitoes. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I said, you could have fooled me from the thing. I said, I'd, I'd like to go to Tahiti and just see, and just see how bad the mosquitoes were. I'll just like cover myself with DEET or something and mosquito netting. I just want to, but I at least want to get a chance to experience the mosquitoes myself. <laughs> I really, yeah. the one that I would like to go see, and I saw him speak at the CRAN conference, um, and I think he was, he was in collaboration with a couple other architects, but um, Wendell Burnett did the, they did uh, Amangiri in, uh, in the Utah one, and I'll put a post in it, and that has to be like, I mean, of course, it's like a thousand dollars a night, but that, that hotel, I mean, if I ever if I ever get a chance to, you know, to like stay in a hotel like that, I mean, you know, it's almost like I would like, you know, I always laugh and say, well, I'll go camping at the, you know, at the park, right, at the national park down the road, and then I'll just right. come for like dinner or whatever, and then I'll go back to my tent. But it, <laughs> but still, I mean, it is, it's, it's beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll post it in there too. But yeah, yeah. the other one would be that ice hotel. In, oh, the one in um in uh in Norway or, or is it in Norway? Iceland? I don't, no, it's not Iceland. It's a, it's in Europe. Okay, um, it's the Ice Hotel. So it's so kind of cool. Okay, so it's the one in. Uh, I like I like fur parkas. <laughs> you know, I like. I'm sorry, I think we're probably gonna throw hats on now. I love fur. So what did I you say? <laughs> I know, you know, people that are just like, you know, you wear a fur coat around, people are like, throw stuff at you. Oh, no, um, yeah, well, you know, it looks right. pretty good. Yeah, I love know, the fake coat. stuff looks good, pretty good now, so you could probably wear them. My mother actually wore one uh, to Denmark, because in Denmark, like, everybody, right, they had the full length. Everybody had a full length. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it was, so, I mean, now when I went okay. back, and we were there around Christmas time, like, I didn't see that many, but there weren't that many people out, but... But yeah, my mom, like somebody had, one of her friends had, had lent her it. She's like, oh, you have to, you have to have this, you, you have to take this mink with her. Of course, my mom was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose this mink or something like while yeah. I'm there, you know, but I mean, she did wear it and she was warm and yeah, yeah, well, you know. Okay, so you're gonna wear your parka, you're gonna wear your parka and the ice hotel. Like parka and go to the, go to the ice hotel. Okay, okay, sounds good. Well, will you send me the link for that too? Okay, I'll try to yeah. find one. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Margit. Thank you. Really appreciate our time. Thank you. All right.